The Be the Difference podcast is presented by Back to Back Ministries, a Christian nonprofit organization providing holistic care for orphan and vulnerable children and families around the world. To find out more about Back to Back or to follow on social media, head to backtoback.org. Welcome to Be the Difference, stories of everyday people being the difference in the lives of others. I'm Sammy Matthews. I am here with my co-host, Chris Cox. Chris, you were the one who did the interview that we're going to listen to today. Will you tell us a little bit about who we're going to hear from? Sammy, I'm really excited to talk about Brent Billingsley, who is the founder and CEO of Art Empowerment. In addition, as you'll hear in the podcast, he has some partnerships with other art-centered efforts around the city of Cincinnati, specifically one called Pieces with his partner, Michael Kopage. That's where I first connected with Brent and Michael as they created an art opportunity for a group of students that brought out a conversation around trauma, around past experiences that really led to healing. Now, I love art. I love spoken word. I love all things artistic, and I'm horrible at all of them. (laughs) I am not an artist, and so I'm really encouraged by this conversation, and I'm hopeful for those of us listening in um, that we will be transformed by the power of art and how one artist can be the difference. And here we go with my friend Brent Billingsley on this episode of Be the Difference podcast. Brent, I'm so glad to share this space with you. Welcome to the podcast. You're one of the first guests that we get to interview. Oh, wow. uh, how's that feel to you? Oh, man, I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling dope right now, man. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling highly favored. Got my two cats here with me, so it is a it is a blessing to be here. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, it's our pleasure. We yeah. were so Really just enamored by uh, the ways you've invested around the city of Cincinnati. And that led me to ask some questions that I always ask about just people that I see making a difference in a community. Okay. The first one is always, for me, uh, where did this come from? Like, what sparked a person to go on a journey, specifically for you around art, spoken word, creative spaces in a communal way? But I always wonder... What was that first piece of art that maybe you came upon or an artist that you saw doing a piece that spoke to you in a way that you thought, maybe I want to be part of this? So I can recall being a, a, when I wore, you know, when I wore a younger man's clothes. You dig what I'm saying? So I remember watching Good Times okay. back in the day. And, you know, when you're younger, you think that TV is real, right, to a degree. And uh, I remember that J.J. Uh, Evans, who was a character on Good Times, it was, he was an artist. But man, his stuff used to blow me away. Like he was, and he would create some of these Afrocentric, you know, colorful, elongated limb. It was amazing. And I thought that J.J. Evans was the artist. Oh, yeah. Right, right. I thought that was, I yeah. said, man, I, you know, so I, as I got older, I realized it was a guy named Ernie Barnes. Oh, you looked it up. I, I, oh, I looked it up. I said, yeah. man, I said, I mean, so so J.J. Evans was an artist for real? <laughs> so then I looked up Ernie Barnes, and man, and he's been going strong for like, well, bring rest in peace, but some of the stuff that he created, because he played ball, so he, he used to do like athletes at first, but he got into this like, you know, the beauty of black culture. 
and just like the, the you know the nose and the lips. I mean, he had it. He you know I think he had a uh, he had a series called Beauty in the Ghetto. Like you ever seen that scene from Sugar Shack? Yeah, that that's him. And okay. a lot of his art, man, just inspired me. I says, man, I want to create something that represents my my culture in a in a beautiful, meaningful way. And so, what did you do? Like, do you grab? Um, a sketchbook? Do you just grab a random piece of papers? Do you go pencil? Do you find someone who can mentor you in that season of life? Do you just like look at television shows and try to figure it out by watching? What do you do from there? It was the journey, man. It was for me. I, so, so retrospectively, right? I come from a very, very hardworking family of women. Okay. The women, man, that raised me. My mom and my aunts raised me by far, and my and my grandfather too. And uh, it was a very, very work, hard work ethic family. You worked. And and they had good jobs. Mm. I mean, my family, I mean, Ford, GM, AK Steel. And and we had family members that were there because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, if your family has good positions there, everybody who worked at Ford knew somebody that worked there, was related to somebody that worked there. And... I started, you know, experimenting art when I was younger, but I was into sports too, you know, football, things like that, basketball. And art, I was always good at, you know, people will always accuse me of tracing. That happens when you're like five and six. Sure. That's when you first discover your artist is when you're younger because it's a God-given talent. Right. So at a young age, people are, you know, your friends are like, man, you traced that. You didn't draw that. He's like, no, 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 for I drew it. No, you didn't because they don't believe that that can come out of you. So... You know, my family wasn't really big on pushing art. They were pushing, you know, work. Right. And I was in high school. I was in all the top art classes. And and high school, I'm graduating in my senior year. And I could have went to art school. I actually had a departure date for the Air Force. But Ford was hiring. Mm. So I went and worked at Ford. And I put away my art stuff for like 15 years. 15 years? Yes. Wow. Yeah. 15 years. Wow. And then I made a decision at Ford when I was in my prayer time with God, and I was like, I'm not utilizing my gifts, and I don't want to be the one that buries his talent and displeases God. So I left. Oh, wow. And Ford was good to me. Yeah, It was very sure. good to me. But I left for the ambiguity of Social services and arts. And nonprofits. And not, and right, right, right. Finding right, right, money right. and grants Which and I all these activities. After my first paycheck, I was like, where's the rest of the money at, play? Yeah, is it? for where's sure. Right. Because I was, I was 18. When I, when I hired at four, I turned 18 in May. Okay. I started working at Ford in July. So off the rip, 1993, 19 bucks an hour. Yeah. In 93. You know, and I'm working, you know, like I said, we work in my family. So I'm working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Yeah. And you've got you this know. familial like work ethic that's on this one side that's Absolutely. making you super successful in this other thing, but you've got this uh, yeah. longing or desire inside that yeah. there's just another piece of your story. Yeah. And what I recognize is after that, right? So you have this awakening, reawakening yeah. to pursuing art. Yeah. But that pursuit wasn't just for you as an artist. Uh-uh. You've enveloped maybe I use the words emerging generations like youth and collectives yeah. around you. Yeah to be able to empower others toward recognizing how important art can be in their lives. Yeah. Why Why yeah. that choice? Why go in the nonprofit sector? Why go into the space where you work with a lot of mental health? Yeah. Why go with yeah. youth? 
it happened when I left Ford. I was gone for a little while. I was in school. And it, it was, it was, you know, Ford was my first job. And I didn't realize how much money that you don't make without a high without a college degree. Mm. I, I I just graduated from high school. Yeah. And I, of course I still had to work because I had a family. I was obviously you know, I had, you know, my son and so I went start working at General Motors. But the money got tight. So if I wanted to keep my house, keep what I had, so I had to go to school full time. Yeah. Then I started working at GM full time too. So it was like I was going backwards a little bit. But I had to I had, you know, the Bible says a man don't work and man don't eat. So that was a stressful time in my life. And then GM laid me off for like six weeks. And they said, you know, we'll lay you off for the summer. We'll bring you back. During the layoff, I started working at a group home. Okay. And I was there like my first two weeks. I says, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This, and and I had work, I've been working with youth my whole life. I'm, I'm an old school apostolic boy. So I was always doing something in the church. Poetry team back in the day. And the poetry started back, you know, in the in the nineties, not two thousands, poetry team going different places, but again, that was always second fiddle because work took first precedence over that. So, um, GM called me back and says, "Hey, you want to come back?" I says, "You know what? I'm good. You're good. I, yeah. I've I've found exactly what I'm supposed to be doing." Mm. So after my bachelor's in art, I got my master's in social work, okay. and I said, "I want to combine art." And social work because they were not having they didn't have art therapist degrees at that time in Ohio. And I said I need I need something where I can still sustain myself and get paid, where I can use art as a vehicle to be able to engage youth. So that's what I did, and that's what I'm doing now. Still doing. That's what I, that's what I'm doing. And one of the projects that you're working on now is called Art Empowerment. Yes. Uh, what's that stand for, and what do those words mean to you? So Art Empowerment is. It's acrostic, so A-R-T-E, art, I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself I can't spell, A-R, art, reconciliation, truth, and empowerment. And it was something I formed recently because I just got a grant through ArtsWave called uh, Truth and Reconciliation for Black and Brown Artists in the Greater Cincinnati Region. Mm. And I formed this nonprofit specifically to help raise money and to help be able to to me, pour more into young people's lives. Mm. So, and I've and I've already, you know, I've had other businesses that I've dealt with, but this one was was geared specifically for this project. So, I, so I formed this one, and my project is called a uh, painted piece of truth and spoken words of reconciliation. Mm. So, what's going to happen is I'm taking all these iconic imagery from different cultures and different genres of of every culture, every, every melting pot in Cincinnati. And I feel like everybody's should be represented in this particular culture, in this particular project, black, white, Hispanic, you know, whatever the case may be. And there are all these huge piece-by-piece piece images on 18 by 24 archival paper, and you put them back together, and they form this huge mural. Oh, wow. And along with that, so that's one piece of it. And along with that, I'm having a um, high school senior poetry slam competition where the top like 10, 20 candidates will get scholarships. So I want to be able to, you know, change somebody's life yeah. for delivering like a dope spoken word, you know. And of course, we want, we want someone to get so so we'll vet the top candidates and make sure that they're, you know, on track for greatness. They did it, but if they need some help, we're going to give them more than what they could ever ask for, in my mind anyway. Yeah, so, so yeah. 
on that aspect of, as you described art of even just okay. art engaging reconciliation, truth, and empowerment. Okay. Right? Am I right? Yes. Those are some heavy, needed, important yeah. themes that you're saying Absolutely. that art can impact. So that's my question is, how does the practice of working on a mural okay. or a spoken word okay. for a youth, how does that activity create this space mm -hmm. for these heavier themes to play out? Absolutely. So back in 2015, I uh, started working at Children's Hospital as a behavioral health specialist. And right away, from the day one, because I just, I just got my degree, and right away I started doing, started doing art. Maybe it was 2013. Yes, 2013. I started doing art right away. And I incorporated that into my, at that point, we were doing cognitive behavior therapy. Mm. And then we switched to dialectical behavior therapy about a year or two later. And I could see in real time, because at the hospital, one thing that I learned from years of doing like outreach ministry and just different things I would do inside the church. And there's always a pastor who wants me to come in and say, hey man, be my youth pastor. You know, that's been happening for years. I'm like, where I work at now, I, I promise you, I'm sowing more seeds into more kids' lives than what I ever did. Mm -hmm. Just because when they come and see me at the hospital, they have, they have cuts and bruises and neck marks from them trying to kill themselves. Yeah. Trauma is deeply rooted it's, it's, in it's it's so it's everything I see on a regular basis is like made for a TV movie. Yeah, yeah. And the hurt runs so deep and it's some things that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm at. And that's where God has placed me. And that's where I feel very, very effective. Yeah. So when I introduce art, and as part of dialectic behavior therapy, you have you have different skill sets. A clear picture, on track thinking, on track action, safety plan, new me activities. Those are just a couple of them. And in the new me activities, you have focus, feel good, fun, and distraction. And what art does, it, it distracts and allows you to focus. Mm. So what I've seen in real time, I've seen art, and it's, and it's not about fixing the issue, but it's about can you channel some of that energy somewhere else? Can you put some of that maladaptive and negative behavior into something more constructive and positive? Can you give somebody a project that will keep them busy? Can you give somebody something that they'll be proud of when they're finished? And can you do that collectively as a whole? And with the pieces, and what, I, and what I've done in different neighborhoods, not what I've been doing for the last couple of years, is I don't just do that as a, you know, to a child individually. I'll bring in a whole neighborhood. I'll go to a whole community and say, okay, we got an art project, let's go. You know, and then you'll and you'll see the affect change on their faces when they've been a part of something bigger than themselves. And they may have just painted a corner white or black, but they were a part of something bigger than themselves. So to me, the art and, and the poetry, it my the art is very effective by long shot. My best groups at the hospital are my poetry groups. Okay. I, I'll give them a word, and everybody has to write a poem. We're using the same word. And this is what I've come to see, is that people will write a poem about something they would never tell you. There's something about the creativity of writing a poem, because most times I think poems, they don't share with anybody. It's like your diary. 
And I kind of imposed my will. I said, okay, now, now we have to share. And a lot of them don't want to. But I said, you know what? You don't have to, but go ahead and share it anyway. And I think I, and, I, and they vibe off of my energy. And I'll, and I'll share something. And I've never seen so much healing take place. Because what happens is, you know, you overcome by the word of your testimony. And somebody in that room is going through what you've been through, and their condition may even be even worse. I've never seen so much camaraderie or tears shed or just, and it'll be a domino effect. Somebody who said they absolutely were not going to read their poem by the end of the day, say, I want to read mine too, Mr. B. Yeah, because I you, it too. can't stay inside anymore, right? Like right. the lie that I was believing about absolutely. myself, once it comes out and I hear it from someone else in the room, right. that right. that barrier is now broken that it's just me and I'm yeah. the only one who thought this or yeah. felt like this. There's that healing and community. Yeah. It's powerful. And the art and the poetry breaks cultures and color lines and hatred. Because, you know, in psychiatry, you had this eclectic group of people from, I mean, we get people, man, from West Virginia. Children's Hospital is like the only game in town when it comes to adolescent psychiatry. And they're like, you know, top in the nation on top of that. So we get kids from everywhere, sure. from all cultures and backgrounds. Yeah. And they're there together, sharing the same space, mm -hmm. sharing the same stories, and needing some of the same, you know, things to heal themselves. And it's amazing to what, I, I mean, I, I absolutely, adore what I do. I wouldn't, somebody asked me, man, if you get rich doing this, you go, I says, man, I'm never leaving the hospital. Mm. I have an art program that I started there. I says, man, this, this, is, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I said, I don't, you know, whatever happens with me, I will have one foot in that door until I can't walk through that door anymore. Yeah. Because it's like, that's where, that's where a lot of good work is done. And I believe that that's my reasonable service to keep on doing that. So essentially, what I've done in my business is I'm in psychiatry at the hospital. So I'm doing all these different groups, poetry, art, and you go in there and these, they don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. They're mad, they're angry, they're upset. They, I mean, you're talking about kids flipping over tables, chairs, you're getting all kinds of body fluids thrown on you, and that's consistent. So that's my training ground. And, I, and they buy into what I'm, what I'm giving them, and they're, and they're, they're, they're engaging. Yeah. And I feel like I'm doing this here. Community stuff is easy. Doing a project for for, for a business, <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like sure. easy work. That's yeah. like you know that's like you know the uh, L.A. Lakers versus the Miami, Miami you know Miami Heat. How at your boy? So <laughs> I see what you just did there. Yeah. See what I did there. We're sorry, Heat fans. <laughs> we apologize for what just happened. Yeah, I, yeah, I okay. apologize. It was, it was okay. But yeah, I mean it's and it's and it's amazing to see the difference. When somebody has their epiphany, I was working with a kid in Hamilton a couple weeks ago. I don't like art, and I, and I don't like, and she's like my protege now. Mm. I come, she's like, Mr. B, you got something for me? Yeah, I brought your paint. And, and even the instructor says, well, she doesn't like art. And she's an artist, and she didn't know it until some things got introduced to her. And I love being that vessel. I love being that, you know, I think things flow through me. It's, it's never me, man. It's always... I believe what God does through me. And I love watching that happen in real time. I've seen it over and over and over again. And, and, that, and that gives me strength, to, you know, to keep moving. And I just, you know, and I feel like I'm just getting started. So, Brent, imagine 
that there's an 18 or 19 year old okay has a lot of the same tendencies as a young Brent Billingsley okay he's facing the world of 2021 yeah and he's asked you what do you think I should do because maybe right. I want to be the difference this way too yeah so I would tell that person what I tell my kids now is that your purpose is tied to your God-given gifts. I believe everybody has a God-given gift that you're born with, that you do easily. You don't have to work for it. I knew I could draw when I was, I don't remember not knowing how to draw. That's how long I've been drawing, is I don't remember anybody teaching me. And I feel like, you know, your gifts make room for you. Mm. And oftentimes your gifts are so natural that you don't even recognize that you even have them. Mm. And I tell my kids, I says, look, here's, here's the deal. You know, you're 18, you're 19. I'll, I'll, I'll always ask them, what do you do well? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I says, well, this is the best advice I can give you. Ask somebody who's close to you because they know. Uh, I know good. I know what my yeah. son does well. I know right. what my sisters and my mom, I could tell you right off the bat, this is what you do very well. This is this is a talent for you. Yeah. And what you do well, if you can find a way to generate gainable income with that, you will not have a job. You will have a purpose. Uh, that's good. I think having a purpose is a reason to get up in the morning. Having a job is a reason to like exist. And this, and I mean, and I did that for a long time, and it was and it was a good existence. But I think having a purpose far exceeds existing. It's a joy in life. It's a delight. It's a, it's it's meaning. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think as an artist, I think all people, but especially artists, because we're like strange fruit. And I think that we've been chosen, and that there there must be meaning attached to what you do. Because those hands, those eyes, those ears, that voice, that's a gift. And you should utilize to, you know, add salt to the earth. That's why that's why you was given the gift in the first place. Yeah, I can agree with everything you just said because I'm looking at someone who believes that about themselves. And I can tell mm-hmm. that you wake up in the morning not believing that you exist, but that you have purpose. Yeah. And I would love for us to close this out with you sharing a little bit of that purpose of some something that just comes easy for you. I'll dig that, right? So I'll I feel like it. if you give all of your kids just a word and then okay. they have to just bust out some poetry with you, then okay. maybe maybe I should just give you a word and then we should just see what you have for let's, a couple let's, of minutes let's just go to roll the, it out. Let's go with the word word. Let's go with the word all word. Right, so uh, I don't I think that's cheating. That you just gave me the word, but I'll go with it, right? So your word word. is word. Let's go the word, word. Take us out, Mr. Billingsley. Okay. The word is the word, word. I'm I'm digging the word. Okay, so in the beginning, there was the word. Like spoken pages of life. Like Christ, the word of God is love. Above me, beside me, beneath me. The word of God is like power falling down on me, enabling me to leak sheep one lost out of a flock of a thousand. I'll be back one found out of the clutches of my enemy. God has bestowed upon me responsibility. Devil not on my watch, the clock strike midnight hour. The word of God is like a shower, hot step out and breathe life in me. 
the word of God seals me. The word of God took lashes. The word of God said, come forth, Lazarus. The word of God was accused of being blasphemous. The word of God blinded Saul on the way to Damascus. The word of God belongs to God. Hear what God says, thus saith the Lord, the word of God like a double-edged sword, penetrating the violent soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It parts continents that were once whole. The word of God is the lover of my soul. My mind, my body, and my spirit, if you can't hear it, then you must not be paying attention. The word of God listens, understands, and counsels. The word of God self-counsels. The word of God cannot be defeated. The word of God completed you before the word of God begun you. The word of God is to be stood on. Just call on them, just belong to them. The word of God is like fiber, pushing out all unwanted waste. You can tell that he is, that is, the word of God is, past existing, future attending, present dwelling, the birth of the word, immaculate, Emmanuel. Eventually, everyone will submit to the word of God. I dropped a microphone, if I, but this, I mean, this, this, this equipment look expensive, you know what I'm saying? You get it, what I'm saying? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the, the, I know this is audio only. There were no notes. There was no script. That was simply just straight from the mind of Brent onto this canvas that is this microphone. And my friend, I'm grateful for that. Um, even more so, I wanted to close this by saying thank you on behalf of every family whose child spent some time in a hospital, yeah. in a community space, yeah. in a space where they weren't sure that there was hope because of the hardship and the difficulty and the overwhelming mental um, pain and suffering that they were experiencing. Yeah. On behalf of those families that maybe you don't meet or don't get time with, yeah. I just want to say thank you for being the difference and okay. standing in with art so that it could distract from that pain and agony and move towards something positive. Wow, Chris. I love that you ended it with spoken word, that we got to hear Brent create art live and the complexity and layers that he was able to give to what the word word means. Honestly, I rewound and I listened again. I don't know if any of the rest of you did, but I was trying to catch all the different expressions of word that he outlined. And are you sure he didn't have a script? Zero notes, no script. And I think what stands out to me um, at the end to that same thread is that after we stopped recording, uh, we had a moment, there were three of us in the room, our producer, Mikey, and myself and Brent. And Brent looked at Mikey and said, what did you think? And Mikey said, I don't know what I thought. I just enjoyed the conversation so much. That's how I was feeling. When I asked Brent, how did you feel? His response actually took me back because he said, this is the first time that I can remember anyone asking me about my story in a platform like this. Everyone wants to know about the project that I'm working on or they want to know about the grant that we're pursuing. Ultimately, people want stories about kids that are being transformed by it. 
This was the first time that Brent felt that he was the focus of the story being told. And I absolutely love that. I hope that's what we continue to do on this show is be a space where we not only hear about what people do, but we hear about who they are Mm -hmm. and what has shaped them into who they are today, not just the things that they do and accomplish. I loved hearing him talk about the way that they use art really in a healing process from trauma for kids. And it made my my science brain go off to think about, we know that kids who have experienced early childhood trauma, that the right and left brain has a little bit of difficulty communicating. So I was putting together these pieces of like, well, art connects the right and left side of the brain. So of course, we're going to see more healing. Of course, not only from like a soul creativity aspect, but a scientific healing. Yeah, I loved his word for it that he said that he uses art to distract. And I think it's those moments of a little distraction from so focused on the pain or the problem that that distraction creates this felt safety for the brain to start getting after its own work. It's not the external healing that needs to happen. It's this internal healing that's going to happen by both sides of the brain working together. And so I loved his word for distraction there. I also loved when he brought attention to talents and purpose and started to really challenge us as an audience to do what we long to do with purpose. Um, That stood out to you as well. What what was the the high point for that? Well, one of the things he said is, Um, like do what comes easy. Mm. And he talked a lot about how he was always an artist from the time he was a child. And so I was starting to think like, what did I love to do as a kid? What are my natural gifts and talents that God has given me and how how am I leveraging them today? And what were the things that innately came naturally to me when I was young? Yeah, his current platform has been built by the journey that he's taken. And he said yes— to art as a profession or a calling, if you want to use that word. Um, later in his life, I think he said um, he, was, he was wearing younger man's clothes when he first had the idea. But then he went on the journey with a couple of uh, more industrial jobs that he worked that led to art as um, a platform. And I thought it was very important not to negate that early piece of his journey but to recognize that the understanding of business, the understanding of structure, he continued to talk about work ethic. All of those created the foundational um, system by which art could become a business. And that that was really important. Well, for me, it was such a reminder that it's never too late. Yeah. That there isn't a point where you're too far in a career or a choice to then make a shift or a pivot or think back and reflect on what are the things that our gifts and talents that maybe got put on the back burner, that there isn't a point where it's too late to pull those back out and begin to live in them again. So what's one of the takeaway questions that you would ask yourself or ask others today? I think it's that. What what did I love to do as a child that mm-hmm. came naturally to me? And how is that gift or talent playing out in my life today? Or, or is it or did I leave it on a back burner somewhere? Yeah, I would ask the question, what's something that you've always wanted to do but never really made that attempt to make it a thing for you? And to write that down and to share that with one person. I've always wanted to 
How would you fill in that blank? Don't just keep it to yourself. Tell it to somebody. Well, that's the end of episode two. We are so happy you're along with us for this journey. We're going to keep learning about who people are, who these people are that choose to be the difference in the lives of others and challenge ourselves along the way to grow and learn and and change. Again, thank you to Cohatch Mason for hosting our Be The Difference podcast. Any information about Brent Billingsley and his organizations will be in the show notes, as well as links to Back to Back, Cohatch, and other opportunities for you to continue to go on this journey to be the difference.